Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1987's The Secret of My Success, directed by Herbert Ross and starring Michael J. Fox. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching, Dave. What have you been watching? Um, I checked out Split. Oh, I can't wait to get that one. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to give away anything because it would be a spoiler, so just see Split, everybody. It's amazing. All right, I've heard it's a return to form for Shyamalan. Probably the best movie he's done since Unbreakable, really. Really? Even over Sixth Sense? Um, Or was that after? Unbreakable came after Sixth Sense. That's right, that was after. And and, and I think it's better than Sixth Sense. Okay, cool. I actually got it in my library queue to, to get it, and... I'm also going to do Unbreakable, because I, I missed that yes. one. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, okay. I haven't seen Damn. that one. All right, yeah. And I've heard that they're making a third movie now, which yes. is like a, a trilogy, yes. I guess. Mm-hmm. I watched something uh, that now makes me official, Dave. Okay. I watched Psycho from Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, thank God. Finally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was great. Yes, I really it liked was. it. Right. I think it lost a little bit of the punch it has, because I know what happens in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But uh, I can see... In 1960, that this movie was like, uh, what? Mm -hmm. What? I know. No way. There was no Silence of the Lambs in 1960, so you don't know any of this. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a great, almost a horror movie in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hitchcock's the master of suspense, so you know it's got that going for it. That's right. Man, it, this is a great movie, and I, I hope you. I, I would like you to watch it at least one more time in the next little while because because it's the same effect as like Boogie Nights had on everybody. Where yeah, you kind of go, well, that was a good movie. And then you watch it a second time, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Right? Yeah, you know, I, it was awesome. So right. I'm, I'm officially allowed to talk about movies. That's now, Dave. great, man. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so pleased. <laughs> so on the the fans out there, we asked what they were watching, and on Instagram, Fat Dude Digs Flicks saw Alien. <laughs> He saw Alien Covenant, and he's currently watching Singles from 1992. Oh, fat dude digs chicks <laughs> flicks. No, digs flicks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, Singles. I am. I'm really glad to hear that someone is watching Singles because yeah. that's an underrated movie. Right. Um, he's got a good profile on Instagram. People check out Fat Dude Digs Flicks. It's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, on Twitter, Charlie Street. He's always hitting us up. He saw Alien Covenant. Yes, he, he rates did. it a hard seven. A hard so. seven. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to. Good. Uh, so this movie, uh, The Secret of My Success, mm-hmm. this was a listener request that came through our Gmail uh, from Bryce. He says, I think this was a great movie from the 80s that Michael J. Fox did. He thinks it is. The char- <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> add that in there. All right. oh, sorry. The character he played was trying to juggle two jobs within the same company. I thought it was a very interesting movie to watch. Thanks. So thanks for the request. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not listener request month yet. That's right. coming up in July, folks. But we decided to go ahead and do this. So, Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Sure. Um, so, yeah, the secret of my success. It's the 1980s, and um, everybody wants to be in business um, <laughs> for some reason. True. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so uh, this 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 guy from Kansas goes to uh, the the Big Apple and tries to make it in the big city, and to do so he has to uh, like engage in a bit of like you know sort of corporate espionage and subterfuge in order to to, to get ahead. Right. He's um. Yeah, he, he's he's pulling off this big scam at this company he works for, and uh, that is what we will get into. Right. So. Michael J. Fox is the small town guy from Kansas, mm-hmm. and he tells his parents, I gotta go, man. I'm gonna be a success. Yeah. It, he doesn't really have any motivation besides chicks and cars, but that's it. He even tells that um, to his mother. Yeah. 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 I'll find a beautiful woman, and 
I don't know. She laughs about it. I yeah, guess. I don't she, know, she she puts okay, her arm around yeah. him. And oh, says, oh, right, good. You'll finally be somebody. Exactly. You'll have a beautiful woman right. and money. Possessions are key. <laughs> the dad doesn't see it that way, thankfully. No. But yeah. um, <laughs> that's the '80s thing. You know, you need to get your possessions. Of course. Um, uh, there's no cocaine in this movie, by the way. If it see if there if cocaine entered the situation, then we'd be watching American Psycho. I think. <laughs> It is. It you is know, American Psycho it's without kind of the, same the Psycho, story, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. So he goes to the city, and he got a job, and the the company is shutting down, so yeah. he doesn't have a job, which happened like instantly in this movie. Right. Which I was like, that's cool that it moved at a <laughs> moving at a clip here. It was, yeah. In the first five minutes, you knew something yep. was going down. So then he has an uncle who owns a mega company or something, so he gets his foot in the door there. And this is where he starts his ruse. Like, he's in the mailroom mm-hmm. uh, delivering memos and all this crap. And then he fakes being an executive because there's an empty office. Yes. And he, he sets up shop there. And someone calls this empty office and he makes a big decision and decides to go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now he's playing two people in this company a lowly mail clerk. And bigwig Charlton Heston or something, whatever his name. He <laughs> Carl- came up- <laughs> Carlton uh, Whitfield? Whitfield. Carlton Whitfield. I wrote it down. Yeah. yeah, Carlton Whitfield. Yes. If it was Charlton Heston, that's a better movie. But <laughs> but I, 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 I'm Carlton Whitfield was the name. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he could be, dude, you couldn't get away with a name like Charlton Heston. It, in- yeah, that would have been a little implausible. You're right. right. It's not like Calvin Klein in Back to <laughs> the Future because right. he hasn't been around yet. Yes. Um. So Michael J. Fox is playing Brantley Foster. And Charlton Heston. <laughs> yep. And then I guess hilarity ensues. Yeah, folks. I, I, it's it's I know. Okay, and and like this whole plot depends upon everyone. Like Roger Ebert has has like talked about this before. The idiot plot. Yes. Um, which is all over cinema from the from the very beginning. Right. Of the movies, yeah. Where like. Roger's theory is that like the entire story would be figured out if all of the characters were a little smarter. Yep. Um, because there are times in this movie when the ruse is like, like there is no earthly reason why it shouldn't unravel right in, in front of Michael J. Fox. And it doesn't because everyone surrounding him are the, the, the script has made them idiots. Yeah. It's really dumb. <laughs> yeah, it but is. I, I'm going to say right now, this movie kind of sucks. <laughs> It's fine, dude. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's a fine movie. It's sure. okay. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. It's funny. Yeah. I think it actually is pretty funny in lots of spots. It has. It made me laugh a couple times. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox, um, I mean, he's great. I think he's good in everything he does, yeah. even if it's not a good movie. Yeah. He's always good, and he's always funny, and he's got great timing. He has great physical comedy chops. Yes. Like, that's the best part of this movie, if yes. you ask me. Like, So he's also like getting involved with a woman in the movie who turns out to be his aunt. <laughs> um after he sleeps with her and then the aunt also you know is married to the owner of the company it's just his this, uncle right it's just this crazy i know what the fuck yeah like, yeah okay enough yeah. and there's some really funny stuff when she's like trying to seduce him and he's like jumping over things and like trying to get away like yeah that stuff's good um but just the conceit of this movie is terrible like, i know He's he's doing anything he can as long as you can deceive enough people and like pull off shenanigans, <laughs> you're gonna be a success, man. Yes. And uh, that that is the message of the movie. Yeah. Cause cause I mean at, at no time does do, do 
are we ever supposed to kind of like go at like like look at the look at the situation and say, well, he's he's really doing amoral things here, and he's really you know uh, he's not doing he's not behaving properly, he's not like contributing to society in any way. No, they're, they're saying this is what you do. Yeah, this is what you got to do. It's terrible. That's not the only moralistic problem the movie has. Of course too. It's, not. It's it's, it's rife male with it. gaze like out the wazoo. Really. I know. I know. Um, like if you're a man, it's okay. Of course. He even, he, he goes on chauvinistic rants in this movie. Yeah. At the end, he he, he like tells off Helen Slater for no reason. Yeah, she's another um, female. She's a female executive at the company yes. who is basically there to be hit on by men. I know. Everyone there is pursuing her. No one treats her with an ounce of respect. Of course not. I know. I mean, it is the eighties, you know. Yeah. So whatever. Yes, yeah, so you can do whatever. It's a you, wild can do whatever you, you can do whatever you want with women. Yeah. I know exactly. Okay. Yeah, they were just disposable back then. She and... didn't just get that job because she's smart, right? You know, right? I mean, and even the movie, even the script, like you don't know. Maybe she, she's like sleeping with the boss, kind of. Yeah, she is. So is that how she got the job? Michael J. Fox brings it up at the end. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, how many people did you sleep with to get to the top?" And he doesn't get any comeuppance for that. No. I mean, like, like that, 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 that stuff that he, he, he starts it off with a listen to his sweetheart and it's yeah. like, it's mm-hmm. tiny oh, Michael dude, J. Fox, like a, assuming a tough guy persona, he's getting all up in her face mm-hmm. and, um, like he, he asks her, you know, how many, how many men did you sleep with to get this position? And like, I, I'm thinking, you know, toward the end that they're, they're gonna, I mean, like she, she does. They do end up together, and and they they, well, they kind of you know. Yeah. But it's the very next scene. I mean, like <laughs> there, there's no thing where she, she actually has some remark to him about like you stood there and acted as judge, jury, and executioner of a situation you didn't have any knowledge of. Yeah. And then they're in the elevator. The elevator door opens up, and they're making out. Like yeah. like just like Three's Company. Like 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 <laughs> th- this whole thing was swept under. Like if you yeah. if you make a speech like that to a person where you have like just gone way off and, and are being, you know, like incredibly judgmental to them. That's what you have to deal with from here on. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing where, where you just get to like, you know, where, where they say something to you and then like five minutes later, it's all resolved. There, there's no lessons learned of here. Of course not. It's I'm going to lie to you. I'm going to do what I want. And even when things don't go my way, <laughs> somehow they're, there's Deus Ex Machina everywhere. I know, I know. I know. My aunt is gonna buy out the stocks of the oh, company geez. and save the day for me because I'm banging her. It's so I know. What the fuck and, is going on? And he gets he gets no he gets no like punishment for not not punishment but like Christy Swanson or uh, Helen, Helen Slater. Sl- yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Helen Slater does not um <laughs> like like sort of you know get on him for well what were you doing with Margaret Witten this whole time? Right. You know he, he's actually like like with her while he's pursuing Helen Slater. Yeah. There's a scene at the end when they're all sneaking around the house while the music's playing oh. and going into each other's rooms oh, and you know God and they they all four end up you know aunt uncle yeah. nephew and Helen Slater <laughs> end up in the bed together and that, yes. that's where it all blows up. Yes. And I hate that thing too. Of and I've seen it in a million of these. It's the open door farce. Um, you know, a bunch of people mm-hmm. are like pursuing their sexual, you know, con- right. uh, who their their desire. I mean, listen, if you were in this situation, you're in an old, ho- you're in a, a big house for the weekend, and you you like someone. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna go n- knocking on doors after hours? <laughs> I mean, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what what is your like? What's your plan here? I have I mean, no clue. You don't know. So they might be on a different floor than you, and you're just gonna keep trying doors to, to till you find who you who you want. Yes. What the God. fuck is that? It sucks. I, 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 yeah, it doesn't make any the, sense. The at all. screenplay sucks, man. It's bad. <laughs> like the screenplay is very weak. Yeah. Like it's just filled with this shit like this. Mm-hmm. The idiot 
plot. Yes, that's of course. it. Right. It just seems outdated. Like even oh, for the yeah. 80s, yeah. like it seems like an old script. Like the dialogue is weak. I know. But it's clunky. Mm-hmm. Like people are just like acknowledging how awesome Michael J. Fox is all the time. Yes. Oh, it sucks. Man. I know. It's it, not good. It's not. And the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Dave and I get kind of worked up a little I know, here I know. in the room here. And I apologize, everybody, if you if you like this movie. Um, because I, I saw this movie a long time ago. Uh-huh. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. And I remember thinking when I was, you know, 10 years old or thereabouts that it was really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe because at that age you don't know what a bad movie is. Every movie's good. Uh-huh. Um, I had not seen it since. That's that's rare. That rarely happens in life where you see something like 30 years ago and and like you come back to it. Um I remembered almost nothing about this okay. movie when I sat down to watch. This is almost a whole brand new experience. I, I remember seeing it when I was younger as well. Okay. The only thing I really remembered about it is that he was sleeping with his aunt. That's the only thing oh, that I kind of remembered okay. in this movie. Yeah. Like, I remember him on the phone in an office, uh-huh. and I remember his aunt, like, seducing him a little bit yeah. in, like, a pool house or something. <laughs> That's the only, like, two seconds I remembered of this movie. Did you remember that she was his aunt? I don't know. I don't think I remembered okay. that. I okay. might have. But um, I remember thinking when I was younger, I was like, why isn't this movie awesome like Back to the Future? Isn't yes. this supposed to be like Back to the Future because Michael J. Fox is in it? Oh, my God. No, it was not. That's why people but, like, were in the theater. But when you're a kid, I yeah. was like, Michael J. Fox, this is going to be like Back to the Future, of course. man. No. And, and Back to the Future exists in kind of a like another plane of the movies. Like, like yeah. it's, it's almost like, especially when you see it when you're a kid, you, you, you see Michael J. Fox on the screen, no matter what movie or TV show he's in, and you immediately think Marty McFly. Right. And that this is an extension of that character. Um, yeah. it, it just, it can't be helped because it's iconic. That's not this movie's fault. It's not. You know, that's just society. Right. You know, right. but that happens. I mean, I know. I've read like both of his books he put out. I don't know if he has a third one or not, mm-hmm. but... He's had a hard time dealing with Marty McFly. Of course. Like, he loves it and appreciates it and is very grateful for it and very, you know, nice to the people and the fans yes. about it. He's a good dude about it, but it really, like, stopped him from getting different roles and, like, from people, like, accepting him as not Marty McFly. Yes. So that sucks. And that happens to lots of people in movies like Back to the Future. That's right. You know? Harrison Ford doesn't like to talk about Star Wars. Um, I, yeah. I, I know. because Like, he, he likes just, that he's you know, in it, I guess. Right. But he does, he's like... I mean, he's had a better career than Michael J. Fox has. Yes, he has. As far as getting more memorable and good roles. And I think it's because he he, he really... Um, he, he put his foot down as, as far as, like, the Star Wars stuff. He, he didn't go to the conventions. He didn't, you know, like... like well, he wanted to be killed circle. in the second movie, you know? Yes. That's what he wanted. Right. I know Christopher Plummer doesn't doesn't like talking about Sound of Music. I remember hearing on the, Mal- yeah. on the Malcolm X commentary, Spike Lee, you know, saying he, he was like, oh, I was... You know, we were all, all over Christopher Plummer trying to get Sound of Music stories, and he just wouldn't come with it. He yeah. was like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're part of an iconic thing and i it, it it shouldn't matter about this movie but just like this movie is so far below back to the future in every possible way <laughs> that, that it just you know it, it's yeah, so jarring it's really low you can't help but make that comparison we, we're we're kind of shitting on this movie a lot yeah i did have a good time watching it though okay. like it, it was entertaining mm-hmm. yeah and i thought it was kind of funny I just think it's a bad movie. <laughs> yes. I don't know. No, and, and that that's po- it's possible for that to happen where where, yeah. where you're you're watching something you know it's not good but you're still enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah. And there was like this whole like like the the mailroom guy Freddy or whatever is like suits are the enemy. Like everyone who has a suit <laughs> is the enemy. It's- 
Like, I, I don't know why he's saying this shit. He, he, he uses the word suits more than any person in any movie I've <laughs> right, ever seen. Right. Even and a movie about suits. I know. Like, <laughs> they don't say it this much. Right. Um, this guy, like, he knows that there is, like, a, a hierarchy in society. And, and, and <laughs> right, the, yeah. And, the, and he, when, he, when he's talking to Michael J. Fox... And, and Michael J. Fox is like looking at reports. He's he's like intercepting uh-huh. mail and like looking through it to try to see, you know, what the company's built on and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts reading this stuff to... Uh, uh, to, this, to Freddie Melrose is yes, the character. John yes. Pankow is the right. actor. And Mad About You is John Pankow. Yeah, you've seen him around. Uh-huh, <laughs> right. He played Cousin Ira in Mad About yeah, You. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's, he's telling him not only like our, our you know suits are not someone to trifle with but that Eunice you should never become a suit yourself uh-huh and I think I must have gotten the word suit from this guy oh yeah like I must have been start starting to saying that and like you know like equating that with with money and success because of this movie and that must have been well it. and in the the context of the movie he's using it as a bad thing yeah it's derogatory oh and and that's and, how I took it too yeah. it was like oh yeah fuck that suit sell out yeah exactly yeah. Well, you know it, you can you can be called college boy back then uh-huh like like that like, was oh you went to college uh-huh. what a loser exactly get out of here college boy <laughs> I mean like it, it's it was such a different time man <laughs> um <laughs> And even at the end of the movie, like, Freddy, I think, knows what's happening. He finds out, like, Michael J. Fox is doing this. And he's, yes. like, he's like concerned that he's going to get caught. He's like, if you get caught, you're going to either get canned or worse, you'll be a suit. <laughs> or, or something like that. that. That is the speech he gives him, I know. Oh, no, like, he, sa- he says. It's a cautionary yeah, tale. He says, if you get caught, you get canned. Or if you don't, you'll be a suit. Yes. Yes. So who what? I know. Freddy, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Just oh, get the mail delivered. <laughs> you're going to you're going to idiot. You're either going to be ruined or you're going to win. And then he winds up with Aunt Vera at the end. That is the most bullshit part of the <laughs> whole story is that like is that Aunt Vera is sort of gifted to cousin Ira. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, I mean, like, what the, like oh, oh, I've got Helen Slater now. Here you go. And there's a line at the end. He's like, well, you haven't spent enough time in the mail room. And uh, she goes, ooh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, because she's the just The mail like, room. I mean, I know. Oh, I know. On, dude. Double, double meanings. Yeah, God. Uh, and, and like, this is what Margaret Witten's character is sort of reduced to. I mean, like, like she she is proven to be like someone with resources and contacts and, and you know, she can manage right, money yeah. and stuff like that. But in the But really, all it is is she's... A, a man hungry, um, you know, kind of oversexed right, stereotype. Yeah. She's, she's a cougar. I yeah, guess exactly. You say. Which I mean, that's fine. It, it, it's it's okay. And it was the '80s, so you had that character in a lot of movies. Yeah. But in this one, it's especially egregious. Not only because like <laughs> this character is her nephew, <laughs> but also because like like they're 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 taking that that sort of uh, archetype and then like putting a, a bow on it at the end that like mm-hmm. now uh ira and, yeah. and michael j now fox that, are like double dating now with that the two michael j fox finally got the girl he's been wanting the whole time yes. even after doing her wrong a thousand times of course, over course man um now that he's done screwing his aunt and has this woman <laughs> freddie you can have her yes you know yes. why don't you just have her How- Aunt Vera's fine with it. Go ahead. The the the, the politics of this movie are, uh-huh. are all out of out of sorts. I mean, like I, I I just can't believe that that's the triumphant ending. God, yeah. Oh God, you know the ending sucks. <laughs> and then throughout the whole movie, of course, you know Helen Slater is is um when he first in, when Michael J. Fox first encounters her, he does that thing in the movies that that I can't stand where like it's. I have trouble with the whole idea of love at first sight. Yeah. Um, 
Because really what that is is just... It's infatuation. It's overpowering lust. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. You're not in love with this person. Yeah. Um, And you certainly... You know, if you're obsessing to the point where you're getting all charged up watching water from a drinking fountain hit their mouth... God. Which this movie is? It's slow motion drinking fountain, man. It's just it's, drink, it's like like fluid hitting her with, her bulbous lips with like angelic you know eighties music playing while she's drinking. Oh man, it's 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 really really gross. Is that like there? There's like a there's an eighties like gotta be a man and take action sad song in this. <laughs> Is that playing while nope. she's drinking, or is that later? That's that's okay. later. It, it's not in this. It's, it's right. not in the infatuation scene. But there is Stan Bush s music. Yeah. Throughout oh, the movie. definitely. It's great. It. Oh, it's oh, it's called "Don't Ask the Reason Why" by Restless Heart. That's the song I wrote. <laughs> okay. Because the music in this movie, man. Yeah, dude. My note says it's the biggest '80s cliche. Yep. You got the Stan Bush esque music from Restless Heart. <laughs> you have "Oh Yeah" by Yellow. Bow, bow. You got you got yellow I, in this. I, I, I hate that cue. I don't like. Oh, that is the worst. I know they use it twice too. Oh, they do. Yes, That's right. Oh God, and there's a walking on sunshine montage. <laughs> like he's he's walking down the hallway, like doing spins and like checking out babes. And, oh, it's the worst, man. It's the worst. Sunshine. That's right. When, when, whenever someone in the 80s was having a good day, <laughs> yeah. when things were going right, it was like, you just knew it was coming. He's wearing sunglasses in the office. Oh, like, it's, come on, man. man. And, and with, oh, <laughs> and by the way, man, there's something else that's bullshit about this movie. Okay. Um, the haircut continuity on Michael J. Fox really? is for shit. Is it? Like, like, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got a shorter haircut in this. It's like super cuts you uh-huh. know, in, in this movie than he did when he was Marty McFly. Uh-huh. But there are times in this movie where they, they, the, the camera cuts, it goes back to Michael J. Fox and his hair is like Alex P. Keaton slash Martin. No Marty way. McFly. Yes. It he was still on that show when he, he filmed was. this dude. Yeah. He was probably coming like, like he was probably like driving to and from each set. Yeah. I think that show was from like 82 to 89 or yeah. something. Wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Man. I, and 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 it it happens more than he once. He had like a wig and he forgot to take it off or something. <laughs> well, in the end, the end one, like the second time it happens, is like toward the end after the big board meeting. Uh-huh. It looks like a wig. It looks like an Alex P. Keaton wig. Dude, I wish I would have noticed that. That's, yeah, that is just awesome <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> right. The movie's not awesome bullshit. No, it's, it's just not. kind of bullshit. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. Um. I. I guess my. I. I had said earlier that I didn't have like a lot of memories of this movie, but as I was watching it, it come was kind of coming back to me a little bit. Uh huh. Um. I remembered the phone booth. Um. Him standing. Oh yeah, I like that scene. Yeah, that was. It, funny. it was okay. I mean, except for that, like, I don't think NYPD shoots people in the head like on a street. Right, corner, but I but thought that was kind of the joke of it. Maybe. Like, maybe it's yeah. Just... They. Yeah. They. They. They kind of knew this was kind of effective satire. Yeah. Um, and I remember the, uh, the, the, the bit where he's like conducting the sex of his neighbors. Yeah. That came back to me too. I was like, yeah. I remember that. Right. I thought I liked that too. I thought uh-huh. that was funny. Okay. Um, those were two of the funny things I saw in this movie. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cause his neighbors through his shitty New York apartment are having sex constantly. Yeah. So he is conducting it like an orchestra. Yes. Uh, the sounds. Yes. And then cracks a beer open as, um, it crescendos. They, they reach yeah. climax. He yeah. cracks the beer open, and it's a big ejaculation oh, over yeah. his hand, and and we're all laughing. Yeah, it's yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> I wanted a beer after that, dude. I really did. Well, then that's effective, dude. <laughs> By the way, I missed this. Uh, Night Ranger sings the title song of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the title song for yes, a second? Yes, I um, love it. Yeah, it's 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 actually my favorite part of the movie. Oh, dude. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the the lyrics are insane. Yeah, they are. It's 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 like <laughs> it is a titular song, of course, to the secret of my success. Uh huh. And it's played, you know, like over the opening and end credits. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when it's playing originally and Michael J. Fox is walking through the city, you know, uh-huh. like like your, to- your typical like hayseed just come into New York. Yep. And he's looking up and he's negotiating the skyscrapers. And then there's like a montage of supermodels. Oh, that yeah. He's looking at. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> One of them is Cindy Crawford. Is uh, it? Yeah. Oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like... The, the 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 music is just like yep. it's, it's like worlds collide and hearts will be broken um like it was the the lyrics are a little stan bush a bit but but it's not quite all about like a man doing stuff you could apply it to right, uh, yeah. you know anybody really God. but uh and it's 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 rocking 80s guitars and uh-huh. you hear jack blades his heavenly voice you know like 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 telling mm-hmm. you about what what calvin's going to do yeah calvin klein <laughs> charlton heston about to do right yeah, my note says lots of babes walking by and sure. lots of haircuts. Oh man, yeah, you got, you got all the diversity of the big city here. <laughs> and and it it really it brings up all this anxiety in me when I watch movies from the eighties. When I watched them then too, of like like a bunch of business people filing into a building, mm-hmm. like just getting lost in that throng and not mattering and figure trying to figure out like how you're going to make it in the world. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's not for me about like any kind of corporate ambition. It's more of just. This is what life is, you know. Oh my God, this is what we were put on the earth to do is is to just be this faceless automaton, you know, like like doing work that is really pointless. Mm-hmm. And, and even like like John Pankow even says it when he's like explaining to uh, to to Michael J. Fox how the company works. Like they're going from office to like, what does he do? Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows. Well, who, who, who? I don't. I have no. I have no idea what he does. He probably does shit. It, which is what a corporation a is made of, of course. He he should be putting in commentary on this instead of just yes. making every making fun of everybody, calling them suits. I know, exactly. And why do you hate the suits so much? <laughs> Freddie, <laughs> explain. I I have I have um, It would make the script better. The, the script should have expl- like we should have gotten a little bit of like like maybe he comes to work every day on the Staten Island ferry. Yeah. You know, like working girl. He he he's just always yeah, there. He's like, you know? <laughs> he's like Melanie Griffith. <laughs> he's a dude from the other side, and he, he wants nothing to do with like corporate, you know, whatever. But he just needs a paycheck, so he comes here. Uh huh. Um, instead, it's just yeah, he has this prejudice against people with ties why, on. Why is he even in this movie? He does not need to even be in this movie, dude. He does. It's terrible. It's a superfluous character. Um, cause cause there's already a dude who like runs the mailroom who's like on Michael J. Fox's Oh yeah, he's ass. like my name is God. Yes, yes. And God is uh, always watching. My God. Oh, that's a pretty uh, funny joke you I, got there, I, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And then a there's a whole line. sequence that later in the movie, he sees Michael J. Fox in a suit yeah. up on like the top floor, and he starts chasing him around like a fucking comedy bit. <laughs> and Freddy's like watching him run by, and he's like, oh, here he comes. Yeah. Oh, it's stupid. He gives the he gives the guy like the bad directions because he's trying to help Michael J. Fox out. But like I didn't even realize until you just brought it up just now that even even if your motivation was I'm gonna get that guy because he's supposed to be in the mailroom, uh-huh. that's not how you pursue that. No, it's stupid. You don't chase him around the office. And dude, all right, I just remembered this, but it, it this leads into the, my the best line in the movie actually. Mm. 
he's trying to duck and dodge God. So he <laughs> accidentally goes, he runs into his own office, Charlton uh-huh. Heston's office that he's made up. And his uncle's in there waiting for Charlton Heston to show up. Yes. And he's like, oh, Brentley, my nephew. Oh. What are, what are you doing in here? He's like, oh, I was looking for Whitfield. Yes. And he goes, why are you wearing a suit? And he goes, a friend, he died. We buried him. It's just, it is so <laughs> funny how he, he spouts this out. Um, I didn't do it justice, but it's, it's that Michael J. Fox, like, comedic, awkward timing. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. His delivery of this line is the best, man. He's still it Michael is J. Fox. so funny. Even in a terrible movie, he still yeah. has that stuff. Uh-huh. It is right. dynamite. He's, he's a very gifted comic actor. It's the actor. best joke in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's actually a funny joke. Sure. <laughs> What what's less funny happens about five minutes later after he has ditched God. Okay, he, t- he t- you know he takes refuge in the president's office. Um, like yeah. he just ducks behind a door to like, oh boy, that was close. Mm-hmm. And who's there but Margaret? Oh, Whitten. Aunt Vera's waiting for exactly. Him. And she is like, you know, wearing something that is like really low cut, and she you know reveals it to be even more revealing. Mm-hmm. And then she's all over him again. And she's going to have sex with this guy in her husband's office in broad daylight when she knows he's in the building. Yeah. And and this is one of the good physical comedies I was talking about. Like yeah. she's like kind of crawling towards him and he's backing away on the on the sure. sofa all like what well, well, no. Oh, nah, nah. I'm all flustered. And, and she's like grabbing his like suit jacket and he like spins around and like comes off of him. <laughs> yes. Like it's really good. It's it's, it's like a, borscht belt yeah, comedy time. It's a yeah. terrible but it's a terrible scene. Yes. But yes. He does some funny moves mm-hmm. in it. Right. Because it's Michael J. Fox. Right. I love him. I love Michael J. Fox, dude. I, I, and, and I, I think that it's, it's, it's one of these things where it's like almost, it's sort of always okay to like him in any movie you see. Yeah. Well, no matter how big the movie is. I know there was a poll, like, I don't know how long ago it was. It's probably a decade or two now. But mm-hmm. like, I guess it was a big newspaper asked the public, like, who do who do they trust? You know, oh, and like yeah. celebrity. Michael J. Fox is like in the top five like faces people trust. Of like course, it was man. like Will Smith and Tom Hanks right. and Michael J. Fox. Right. Like that's who they like. You know, and and those are those are three of the most likable people in yeah, America. For yeah, for real, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I can't stop it. I like them. Right. Uh, you know, the whole the whole thing kind of culminates in like there's there, there's this deception going on. Of course, you know, like like yeah. Michael J. Fox, he's an executive and a mailroom guy. You know, like he's and he's he's juggling these two identities, and there's this corporate raider who's trying to take over the company, played by Fred Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We don't see him until the last scene of the movie, but you know, it's it's this guy who's, you know, like the history, he's going in to like take over the company. And the president uh is his name Howard? Uncle Howard, Uncle yeah. Uncle Howard, yeah. He he has a he's got a um, Richard Jordan. Richard Jordan, actor. right. He wants to have a like a strategic meeting with all of his executives at his weekend house in the country. Yeah. Um so he invites everybody over including Helen Slater and uh, this unseen executive Whitfield who he just keeps missing because yep. you know you know Michael J Fox doesn't want like Uncle Howard to find out that he's actually Dude, there's know, a an scene acting board when, member there's a scene when he fakes a nosebleed as Whitfield, so uh-huh. Uncle Howard can't see his face. Yes. It's stupid. It's really stupid because yeah. you still have the same voice. It's the idiot thing. I, I know. They're like, oh, okay. And the idiot thing crops up again in that yep. scene we just mentioned with, with Margaret Witten and him in the office uh-huh. because when, when Howard comes into the office, Michael J. Fox is laying on the couch. Margaret Witten is on top of him. They're, they're half naked. They're, they're obviously <laughs> doing some stuff. And they somehow, he manages to talk his way out of it. How do you not know what's he, happening He's like, oh, here? she's like, oh, I, I was, I was hot and he, he fell and oh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. That's fine. Perfectly normal situation here. 
even if you are an idiot, say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not too swift. If someone is telling you, if you ask someone what happened and their response, no matter what words they're using is, well, then, um, this thing. And then, uh, I got one like this. I right, mean, like yeah. you obviously know something is up. It's yeah. Stupid. It's bad. But anyway, you were talking about how yeah. they're all at this. Yes. Uh, they're all at the, the house. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and there's a weird, like, Okay, so so we know Michael J. Fox is there. We know that we we know that Uncle Howard can't know who he is or can't know that he's like right, there as an both. executive. Yeah. Right. So he invites him to the party as his real mailroom persona. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the other executives know him as the, an executive. So he has to like, you know, kind of go between it's a two balancing worlds. Act. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's doing a a Daniel Hillard at this party. Uh-huh. And as it unfolds, there's a weird montage that happens. Wherein, like, Margaret Witten starts taking Michael J. Fox around the party and introducing him to people. Yeah. And there's just, there's music, and you just see Michael J. Fox at different times, like, talking to all these, like, uh, big shots from other companies. Uh-huh. And you don't know why it's happening. You, yep. You're kind of like, well, what is this? Well, why, why would all these executives decide to, like, start listening to this guy who they've never met? Mm-hmm. And he's in a gazebo just giving this speech. Yep. And it pays off later in the movie. Um, rather, you know, like at the very end. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and I, I guess they, 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 they did wrap that up, but it's still, as you said, a completely implausible situation mm-hmm. because I don't think that guys that, that, that people in high, this high up in the corporate world are going to make this kind of investment based on one encounter at a party. Yep. And they wouldn't concede to like dramatically walking into a boardroom one by one as a yeah. big reveal. This sucks. It's bullshit. So what the what's going on in here is he's setting up this hostile takeover of the company. Yes. Because Uncle Howard's company is being taken over in a hostile takeover. Uh-huh. So I guess Michael J. Fox and Aunt Vera have a plan to where they will take over the hostile takeover yes. to take over Howard's company uh-huh. from him. Right. It's bullshit. It's co- it doesn't work. And like you said, they <laughs> you just know? walk into this board meeting at the end of the movie and they're like... <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, we just took over the company. Yes. Yeah. D- what? That's... Don't the lawyers have to? The, yes. What do they know? Where like, is legal? How is this? <laughs> yeah. You don't do this. You can't. Come on. I mean, like, if anyone ever walks in, I, I would love to see what would happen. <laughs> right. If either of us ever walked into a board <laughs> meeting, whether 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 we're armed with like you know uh, like great things or not. <laughs> You don't. You, you can't just walk in and start telling everybody what for and sticking your finger in everybody's Ugh. face. And you can't make smart ass remarks. You can't put your feet up on the table and say ha ha ha. You, you can't do any of that shit. <laughs> no. And also, you can't just decide after like after victory is yours that I'm gonna make out with my girlfriend in front of everybody. I you mean, you can if it's the '80s, Dave. <laughs> You're right. You can if it's a bad script. What was I thinking? You're right. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um. It's not Any, good. Anything else you want to talk about with this movie? Well, um, <laughs> you know, we already talked about how he blames everything on Helen Slater. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. uh, I think we just have to talk a little bit about like the 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 whole thing where he's where he's keeping up this deception throughout the uh-huh. movie. When it's all revealed to Helen Slater what's been going on, we need to just have that one scene where they're where they're hashing everything out, or or maybe just like a. Do it in montage, like they're very, you know, fond of doing in this right, movie, okay. where you see it like through a restaurant window, and he's explaining things, and she's just kind of nodding her head and maybe getting a little upset. You but can, then the the Stan Bush song can have a reprise here. It, it could on. easily, but they don't put any of that in there. And I've just, you know, like even from a a bad movie storytelling perspective, they're just they 
it's not competent in any way. I, I, you can't get that making out in the elevator joke then. That's you know? true. I, that, right. That's it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, obviously anyone... Oh, God. I... I Maybe I just haven't lived enough life. Maybe I haven't like you know like really really you know done what I'm supposed to do on this earth. But I have never yeah. been like flustered at a meeting because a sexy woman is is like you know, uh, you know doing stuff to me or whatever. It, it's oh I can't do it. Yeah yeah that sucks. <laughs> um, yeah I'm done with this movie. That's fine man. Yeah okay it, it's okay to be done with this. Let, let's 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 uh would you recommend this? Um, no, I, okay. I, I, I wouldn't recommend this movie. I would recommend almost any Michael J. Fox movie except this one, really. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, anything he's ever done, I, I'm, I'm totally down for it. And mm-hmm. I'd even be down, like, it's weird. I might even be down to watch this one again someday uh-huh. just to see his face. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because he's awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, and also just to point out that Margaret Witten, um, for anybody who d- wants to know, she was also uh, the, the Indians owner in Major League. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's where I remember her from. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would not recommend this either. Okay. Unless you're a Michael J. Fox completist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, and like Dave said, he might watch it just to see Michael J. Fox. Sure. And like I've mentioned, there are some good jokes in here. Mm-hmm. And Michael J. Fox, that charm, you can't deny it. No, man. exactly. So it's irresistible. If you've gone through the rest of his catalog, you know, <laughs> you're done with Spin City, you know, just... <laughs> right. Maybe throw this one on, but sure. I'm not going to recommend it no. otherwise. So, yeah, stay, stay away from this one. Uh-huh. Watch Back to the Future again. You know, do whatever e- do you it every do. day. Watch Back do to the Future all day. the time, you know? <laughs> and even if you don't want to do that, watch Bright Lights, Big City, or, you yeah, know, Light that. of Day, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it. Most of all, share it. Gets more dudes listening to the dudes. Uh, leave us a review there, please, in iTunes or anywhere. Mm-hmm. We really like when you do that. Yes. Or you can go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram just for Dudes on Movies, and we will come right up. And we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Right. And like we said earlier, Dudes on Demand is coming up, folks. So That's we right. need people to submit listener requests. So use the social media, we said. Use the email. Let us know what we should do. Yep. And we're definitely going to pick out, I think we're going to do about three of them because our 100th episode is at the end of July. That's right. And we're going to we're gonna take over that. We're going to do a hostile takeover on that episode. <laughs> um, special we'll guest a, Fred Gwynn. Yeah, we'll do a special. <laughs> we're doing a special thing there. So uh-huh. uh, we'll, get, we'll get requested. Don't worry. So yep. send us your request. And question of the week, Dave. What's the question of the week? Uh, the question of the week. What is your favorite Michael J. Fox movie other than Back to the Future? Yeah, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. You have to pick something else. Yep. And last week, our question of the week was, what's the best movie about the AIDS crisis? And on Facebook, Matt said Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, uh, Mosnia Metal says Kids. It's a good oh, one there. wow. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And someone else on Instagram named Nerdy Mattunt said Forrest Gump. <laughs> Which isn't really about AIDS. There, there is AIDS in the film. Yeah. Um, it, it does happen. I mean, Jenny contracts an unsaid virus, but, I mean, uh, yeah, it, saying it's about the AIDS crisis is a little bit of a stretch. Like we said earlier, like, if it was about how he invent, created AIDS or yes, something, because that's the whole movie. He, I, like, I know. Cr- he everything happens because of him. backward into history. Yeah, yeah so, I know. Right. He's... <laughs> Yeah, he's what is it? Uh, patient Zero. Yeah, is that oh what it's called? Oh my God! Yes, but I think maybe you got it mixed up with Philadelphia. He, I don't know what's I mean, going like, on here. Like it was, it was Tom Hanks's back-to-back Oscar win. So that yeah, that so could be a whatever. Yeah, They're right. both. There you go, Tom right. Hanks, most liked face in America uh-huh. besides Michael J. Fox. So. Yes. 
All right, and remember, next week, best non-Back to the Future Michael J. Fox performance. Let us right. know that one. Finally, stay tuned next week. We're doing 1994's The Shawshank Redemption, directed by Frank Darabont, starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.